This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin is brought to you by Stoke Seeds. Select from the finest quality vegetable and flower seed at stokeseeds.com and get growing with Stokes. <laughs> Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome to The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. And I'm the uh, the newest transplant in the garden of Charlie Dobbin, Dean Holland. And I'm, I'm uh, happy to introduce to you right now, Charlie Dobbin, how are you this morning? Uh, good morning. I think I've got my winter coat on, but otherwise I'm fine. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. It is mighty chilly out there. I just checked before the show and up. Uh, of course, you and I are in our home studios, so I'm uh, in uh, Collingwood, two hours north of Toronto, and it is minus 24, feeling like minus 31 is what they're saying up here. What about you? Oh, it's warmed up here. Oh. The, sun, <laughs> the sun came up, and I think we're up to minus 23.7. Oh, oh, my goodness, it's balmy there. <laughs> yeah, it is, it's actually quite lovely and sunny here as well. It's supposed to be all day, but it is cold. It's a great day to talk about gardening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you, you know, you, uh, you, you, you re-educated me about the whole importance of snow over the last couple of months because that, you know, and I do think of it now as a blanket. I think of it as that blanket that uh, you know that is looking after all of the plants that are underneath the the soil there. Then you know that it's important during the winter. Well, just yeah, it helps with some of these extremes. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Now you have. Uh, you have a couple of uh, gardening uh, announcements. Is I that do. Fair to say? Yes, yes. But would you like to share mm-hmm. the phone numbers first? Oh yes, of course I would. Because we I, do want to all. I get all excited about about <laughs> seeing you and about <laughs> yes. If we would love you to call, of course, at four one six three six zero zero seven four zero anywhere in Toronto or anywhere in the province of Ontario one eight six six seven four zero four seven four zero and that of course is a toll-free call uh, please let Carlos know if you are a first-time caller uh, because we have these delightful garden wings that we will make sure you get and it goes like this yeah we make a big deal and uh, of course our mantra call often call early and one question per call please and how about those announcements there Charlie what do you got going well okay so just because everybody's getting jazzed up for spring I mean look Mm -hmm. at the sky is beautiful blue like robin's egg blue out my window so uh, you know days are getting longer noticeably sun is getting warmer noticeably and uh so the 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 hort societies are busy with mostly zoom events of course which kind of makes it great because you don't have to go anywhere you just crank you know crank up your computer get comfortable get a cup of coffee sit down and join a group these are groups that do not require you to be a member that anybody can participate from anywhere in the world so number one coming up would be let's see sorry i should have this closer at hand 
February the 9th. So coming up February the 9th, whatever day of the week. That's a Wednesday, I believe. Yeah. Thank you very much. (laughs) The Riverdale Horticultural Society will be meeting via Zoom 7 p.m. So you would log on a few minutes before that just to say hello. The speaker is Joanna Blanchard, and she's speaking on the subject of 15 ways to garden large in a small space. Pretty good for the urban gardener. And, -hmm. of course, Riverdale is in very much in urban Toronto. So Zoom, uh, 7 p.m. to to get the link, send a quick email to info at riverdalehorticultural.ca. And then one more is the ever-busy, very fun Agent Court Garden Club who are always hosting some event, even if it is a virtual one. And, of course, everyone is welcome. February the 14th, again, 7 p.m., Jim Lounsbury will be speaking. He, of course, runs Vineland Nurseries. For anybody who's had an opportunity to be down in Vineland and go to the Vineland Nurseries, you know he is a smart guy because it is an amazing nursery. Uh, His subject is little-known hidden gems in the garden. Uh, So for contact information to get the Zoom link, again, uh, a short email to Cheryl, C-H-E-R-Y-L, Cheryl.Penner, P-E-N-N-E-R at hotmail.com. Fabulous. Well, in my estimation, you are a well-known gem of the garden. But uh, (laughs) I have to get us to take a quick break now. The lines are lighting up, but we'll take a quick break, and we will be right back with callers on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Yes, we are back with the uh, Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. I'm going to give you those numbers one more time, and then we'll get to our first caller. Anywhere in Toronto, 416-360-0740, or anywhere in the province of Ontario, it is indeed a toll-free call, 1-866-740-4740. And uh, we're going to go right now to, uh, well, we're going to go to Georgetown. I have Norm on the line. Good morning, Norm. Good morning. How are you this morning? I am well. I am well. What do you got there for Charlie, my friend? Well, this is not a complaint about uh, something going. It's just a little story about a plant that I got for Christmas. It was called uh, a Christmas rose. And it's the strangest plant. I I didn't know anything about it. A little investigation uh, told me that it is a distant relative of our buttercup. Now, when you hear about a rose, you think of a nice bushy flower and so on. The flowers are exactly like a buttercup, except they're quite a bit larger. They're about two inches in diameter. A single flower on a long stem, and uh, they last for oh, about 10 days. The first batch of flowers have disappeared. The second batch is coming now, and some of these stems have got multiple flowers on them. But the strange thing about the plant is the foliage has grown about three inches at Christmas time. And all I can say is just give it water, but every day water. But it's been such a different plant for me that I thought Charlie maybe knows something about a Christmas rose. That's lovely. That's a great story. Thanks for sharing that, Norm. I'm wondering what the plant that we normally refer to as Christmas rose has another 
name, which is Lenten rose, which refers to it blooming at Lent. Um, and it's more in the UK that it blooms at Christmas because they have much more winters than us. But it's very popular there, apparently. It's a story? But uh, it's uh, a plant that I didn't know anything about, but it's done so well. It's just in the front window here, and it's thriving very well. Nice. If we're talking about the same plant, the proper name is Helleborus, so H-E-L-L-E-B as in Bob, O-R-U-S, Helleborus. Wonderful, beautiful, beautiful, leathery green leaves, um, beautiful flowers, all different colors. Uh, It is a perennial, so if you can keep that alive over the winter inside, then take it outside once we're frost-free and plant it outside in the garden uh, in a shady spot because it likes low light and cool soil and uh it will it's an evergreen it looks amazing year-round and then blooms like crazy every spring well this i'm surprised how quick the blooms have come back on it now and uh you know you think of a rose bush with thorns and everything the plant itself has got no (laughs) thorns or bristles or anything like this it's certainly got a, a strange name for the plant yeah, yeah, it's definitely not a rose, and that's what you got to love about uh, common names. They often are very descriptive, but rarely uh, really ref- reflect back on what genus exactly. or family the plant actually belongs to. But yeah, wonderful, wonderful plant. Great. Thanks so much, Norm. Thanks for calling. You have a great day. Uh, love it. Okay. Love it. Yeah. Share, yeah, yeah. share the good stories. You know what? I have a first-time caller on the line, uh, Charlie. I, uh, I've got Dorothy, and uh, she's calling in from Aurora. How are you, Dorothy? Hello. Hello. And you're a first-time caller, so you get your garden wings, my dear. (laughs) Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I have a question about it. What it is is I believe it's from taking a plant in from outside. There's a little black flies, and not a lot, but they seem to be. I keep the, the plant isolated, so I know it's from that plant. And uh, I just not sure if there's any spray, natural spray. No. I guess you know vinegar and something or other. I could spray the plant. No, no, you don't want to spray vinegar because vinegar will actually hurt the plant. Uh, oh, so what you do? Natural. So you got that? Like a, pardon? Go ahead. Okay. I was going to say, go to where the plant is when we get off the phone. With the palm of your hand, bang the side of the pot. And if a whole cloud of little black, they look like fruit flies, fly up from the pot, then you know you have something called fungus gnats. So fungus gnats, G-N-A-T-S, are little tiny, tiny insects that eat fungus. They won't do really much damage to the plant, but they can be very disturbing having them flying around inside the house. So I recommend two different things. One is slow down on your watering, or in the sense that whatever the plant is, let it dry out more thoroughly between waterings. Remember, most plants want to be watered rarely but thoroughly. So they don't want to be kept moist all the time. They want a good thorough, like a like a rainstorm, you know, be Mother Nature, right? Big rainstorm, go through, water your plants thoroughly, you know, swoosh that water right through the soil so that it drains out the drainage holes of the pot, and then do not water again until the plant is quite dry. That will lower your fungus. Uh, quantity, which will lower the population of the insect. And then when you are out and about, 
go to any garden center or home uh, center and pick up something called sticky sticks. So sticky sticks are made by Safers. You can order them online. Sticks is S-T-I-X. So sticky sticks are like the old flypaper, little yellow sticky cards. You put them on a little post, uh, stick the posts in the soil, and those uh, flying insects will are very attracted to the color yellow, and they will get stuck in the sticky paper. And again, it will take a week or two, but you will eliminate the insect. Okay, how do you spell the last part, S-T-I-X? X, X as in X-ray. Pardon, I, I, can you say it again? Sorry. S-T-I-X, as in X-ray. Okay, great. Okay. Thank you very okay. much. Great. Thanks, Thanks very much, me. Dorothy. Don't be Okay, Charlie. Yeah, we have to take a quick break, but we will be right back with more callers here on The Garden Show. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, welcome back to The Garden Show, and our next caller is from, well, it is the city that is the home to the Zoomerplex. Yeah, we're going to take a call from right here in Toronto. Good morning, Evelyn. How are you? Oh, good morning. Thanks so much for taking my call. And oh, thank our pleasure. And thank goodness for the fun to keep us somewhat warm. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, I really want to thank Charlie for replying to my email about my uh, scraggly hibiscus. And I just had uh, a question just to clarify. You had mentioned, Charlie, watering with a weak solution of flowering plant. And I'm just wondering, you know, is there a ratio? Is there a type of uh, solution I should be using? And that's why I was calling. So, you know, it's a good question. So, uh, first of all, let me explain that a weak solution means that whatever... Uh, the package instructions tell you in terms of your mix rate, water to fertilizer. What you would do is, particularly at this time of year, is you would double the amount of water. So you're going to have half the amount of fertilizer recommended going into your watering can. And that's what makes it a weak solution. And the reason we do that is because it's still only January. Um, so if we are fertilizing at this time of year, we're using a weak solution. And, and how do you know which fertilizer to use is a very good question. So as you know, on the packages, whether it's a lawn fertilizer or a, you know, cactus fertilizer, whatever fertilizer you're looking at in the store, there's usually three numbers very obvious on the front of the package. And those three numbers are consistent, which is lovely. And internationally, around the world, those three numbers mean the exact same thing. So the first number represents the percentage of nitrogen. The second number represents phosphorus. And the third number represents potassium. So those are three absolutely essential elements for plant growth. But different plants need different elements in different quantities. So that's why you will see different numbers and different formulations on the fertilizers. So what you have to do is say to yourself, well, what is it I'm trying to grow? In your case, you're growing a hibiscus. Of course, hibiscus have green leaves. Most plants do have leaves of one kind or another, but you really want to encourage flowers because that's really the joy of hibiscus. Is It's a beautiful plant, but when it's more beautiful. So for encouraging flowers, you'll usually find that the middle number of those three numbers, the phosphorus, 
will be higher than the other two numbers, the nitrogen and the potassium. Um, it, the formulations are different. You'll see different ones out there depending on the manufacturer. I personally am a huge fan when it comes to flowering plants to use a 15-30-15. So think about this as a ratio. It's not so much the numbers. It's the ratio of how they respond or relate to each other. So a 15-30-15 has a ratio of one to one. And that's important because we know we're getting twice as much phosphorus in our formulation than nitrogen or potassium. So twice as much phosphorus is going to provide plenty of phosphorus in our pots to produce flower buds, which is what we really want. When you're in the store, take a look at some of the other fertilizers and you'll see something like a transplanter fertilizer or a quick start fertilizer, something that's designed to get roots growing. And you'll still see a big number, big phosphorus number, but it'll be much more than at one to one ratio. Uh, A classic root start or plant start fertilizer, it believe it or not, is a 10-52-10. So back to our ratios, we're at a 1-5-1. So for root real really encouraging roots we have a big number um big ratio one five one for encouraging flowers we have a ratio more like one two one all right i see and um when do you so if i begin the flower has gone but it hasn't fallen off yet so if i begin to fertilize um when do i move to how often do i fertilize and when do i move to um the full full uh, amount of watering not a weak solution so what you'll do is in your case the hibiscus obviously is inside now it's a tropical plant it's been flowering which is great look at it closely Uh, you sent me a picture and it does need to be pruned to to give it a better shape when you prune it back you're going to prune and try and envision where the next growth is coming from so there's a little bit of a skill involved in in what this plant will look like but for now if there's no blooms coming it's a great time to prune never fertilize more than once a month and you can get into following the instructions and giving full fertilizer strength once plants are actively growing which is april maybe march or april okay great thanks so uh, thanks so much for the call evelyn yes you have a great um charlie i have a uh, we talked a couple of weeks ago about is it bromeliads bromeliads bromeliad Bromeliads. Okay. And we talked about them. And um, uh, Irene emailed you and she asked if we could go a little bit further with those because she said, how can you uh, manage the plant once the center flower dies off? How can you get another one of those great flowers? It's a good question. The, The flowers do last a very long time. Like we're talking months and months. So it will slowly, once it's done, takes months it will slowly slowly turn yellow brown from the tips all the way down the stems right down into the center of the plant because remember the bromeliad is the one that grows like a cone Um, and when we water we water into that cone or that that rosette of leaves right when you buy them or you're given them as a gift they typically are flowering so they've got this beautiful you know kind of when they're the red flowers it's like a big red torch sticking up out of green leaves so really really pretty plants they are um have evolved over the millennia to uh to grow similar to orchids in the sense that they have very small root systems and they they typically will land uh live in in places like rainforests and 
They will grow in the crotch of a tree or in a little nook on a rock or whatever. They don't need much in the way of soil. What they do need is a high humidity and water into that rosette. So eventually the flower dies out. That's fine. At, believe it or not, at that point, typically the, the plant will die. The plant will always set some pups or daughter plants that will start to grow from the bottom of the mother plant. And so now you've got like a whole bunch of little rosette type, type uh, conical plants all growing together. Enjoy them as a group. You can sever them if you wish to in the summer, but not at this time of year. And, uh, and you'll find that if you can keep that plant in bright light, keep moisture, you know, room temperature, preferably rainwater in, in the center of the plant, warm, just regular room temperatures, it will flower again. Um, sometimes people get frustrated and they have, they have trouble you know, seeing more flowers coming, but recognize this can take months for this to happen. But one way you can speed up flower formation, believe it or not, is you take an apple, you put it in a bag, and you put the plant in the bag with the apple, and you leave the bag and the apple and the plant together uh, for you know 24 hours, 48 hours, not in the sun, of course, because it'll become a, a little oven. And just the ethylene that's coming off the apple will encourage, again, flower bud formation. So wacky stuff, different plants, everybody is species specific. Keep your humidity up, keep your bright lights on, you know, keep that moisture happening in the center of the plant. Enjoy the flowers and they can be very, very long term plants. So don't throw it away when it stops flowering. Just let it do its thing. Wow. Well, orange, you clever. My goodness. <laughs> okay. We are, we've are. we got a call in now. We're going to the west side of the province of Ontario. We're going to a place called West Lorne. And I've got Sharon on the line. How are you this morning, Sharon? I'm fine, thank you. And welcome, everybody. Uh, Hello to yeah, everybody. What's the, what's the temperature in West Lorne today? Pardon? Nothing, How cold is it down right. in West Lorne? It's darn cold. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, what do you got for Charlie there, my dear? What I'm calling for is, um, I, I couldn't believe when when you uh, answered the phone for the the first gentleman that you spoke to. Uh, he called it uh, a Christmas rose, and mm-hmm. I uh, my granddaughter visited me in in September, and she brought me a pot of these little tiny roses. You know, the kind that you buy at the, yeah. at the grocery store. <laughs> the mini and, roses. And um, it was loaded with red flowers, and um, the flowers are gone, and I, or when the flowers went, all went, uh, I watered it, and uh, when it felt dry, and then I um, gave it some, um, or no, I didn't then, uh, I watered it, and then it kept growing nice and green and then a couple of weeks ago um the leaves started to dry up and fall off and Mm. it looked pretty sad for a while so i thought well i either kill or cure it one or the other and i cut it all the stems all back and uh to about four or five inches and watered it again and gave it um uh, some miracle grow and about four days later i noticed new shoots on every stem of the the plant smart and um uh the variety shoots are are from oh, about an eighth of an inch to about an inch now, and they're coming out in leaves. And um, I was wondering, I'd like to put it out in the, uh, or how often to fertilize it um, now again. 
um, because I'd like to put it out in the flower in the flower bed in the spring. And it's been in the south window, so it's got lots of sun, but it's just growing like mad now. <laughs> and it, well, and know Sharon that if you keep fertilizing it, it will keep growing like stink. Oh. So it's probably in a little four-inch pot right now, which is the one it came in. Yes, that's what it, uh, that's and you, what it is. Yeah, and you fertilized it already once. Yes. And cutting it back was brilliant. It's all you'd be surprised how rejuvenating pruning can be, right? Yeah. Uh, so that's all good. What I would do is keep it in that nice sunny spot. Do uh, keep the humidity up around that plant as much as you can. Remember, when it's this cold outside, our furnaces are on big time. And when our hot furnaces or our fireplaces are roaring away, the humidity levels are very low in our homes. And when the humidity levels drop, the spider mites come out. God knows where they come from, but spider mites show up. So by misting, by putting even a pebble tray or around that plant, keeping the humidity as high as you can, you'll lower your chance of spider mite problems. And um, yeah, again, no fertilizer, never fertilize more than once a month. Okay. Uh, again, for you at this point with that plant, I'd be using half strength miracle Grow. I ha- that's um, what I did the um, first time, good. yeah. Yeah, good. And then, and then you know, you, when it's time to go outside, of course, we have to be frost-free, and you're going to harden the plant off by taking it out for an hour for the first day and two hours for the second day, mm-hmm. and you're going to introduce it to the real world slowly, starting in the shade, starting out of the wind, and then slowly but surely get that plant into full sun and get it, like you say, out into the garden or into a container outside. Mm-hmm. In the meantime, well, so you may want to plot it, it up to a six-inch plant pot in about a month or two okay it'll be in better shape to go outside if you give it a little more soil and a little more space to grow okay okie doke okay all right thank you very much you have a good day stay stay well thank you (laughs) you you. too thanks for calling nice to hear your voice Sharon's a bit of a a bit of a mini rose whisperer, I think. She's a- <laughs> well, I think she's a pretty smart gardener, actually, and she has certainly called in the past. West Lorne is down around London. Yeah, 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 yeah for sure. You, know, you guys, okay, uh, snow belt. <laughs> indeed, indeed. I've got uh, I've got Pauline on the line uh, from uh, North York. How are you this morning, Para Pauline? Oh, good morning. It's um, good morning. Maureen. It's morning. Good morning. Pauline. Um, good, uh, good morning to both of you. I have um, tulips blooming in my living room. Nice. Red ones and yellow ones. And hmm. I was wondering, uh, Charlie, if you could go over again what we need to do to be able to plant them again. So what's your point? Okay, so did you force them yourself or did somebody, you bought them at the grocery store? Oh, I bought them. <laughs> That's okay. So, but just having them blooming indoors is such a bright, cheerful thing on a minus 20 something day. So, what you're going to do is enjoy them in their pots, water when they're dry. Do not overwater because the bulbs will rot. Make sure that the drainage holes are not impeded so they're never sitting in water. When you water, make sure the water can drain out into a saucer. And then, of course, dump the water out of the saucer, you know, five or six minutes after you've watered, if there's still water in the saucer. I keep them in a sunny spot. Enjoy them. Uh, Eventually, the flower petals will fall. Cut off 
uh, leave, leave everything green on the plant. There'll be a green flower stem, green leaves. This is very um, similar to the care of our amaryllis that we've been talking a lot about the last uh, month or so. So leaving and allowing and encouraging green growth will help those bulbs to fatten up and to rejuvenate and to get all ready to go to bloom again next spring. However, they will not bloom inside your house next spring. You cannot force them twice. So what you'll do is just enjoy it. Like, you know, it'll take six or eight weeks. The leaves are going to slowly go. First, they'll go green, and then they're going to slowly go yellow. As they're yellowing down, pull back on the watering. Remember, they're not going to be using as much water once they start to die down. The bulbs will go dormant naturally on their own. So now you've got a pot that just looks like it's full of soil and some dried up bits of leaves. And just stick them in a corner somewhere. Don't worry about them. Forget about them. And then at any point when you're out in the garden, whether it's next summer or next fall, plant those bulbs into the garden in a spot that's well-drained, preferably sunny, and plant them quite a bit deeper in the garden than they were planted in the pot. So they're going to go down, you know, four or five inches as opposed to being on the surface as they are. And, okay, and then thank you. spring of thank you for 2023, me. they'll, they'll bloom outside. Yellow, not to water too much. <laughs> thank right. You well, much. that's yeah. yeah. Keep them keep them well watered for now because they're growing now. But you will find you'll be pulling back on the water as they start to go dormant. Okay, doke. So thank you very Thanks much, Pauline. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to take a break, but I want to give those numbers first because uh, we do have lines open for sure. Uh, anywhere in Toronto, the number is 416-360-0740 or anywhere in the province of Ontario. Toll free, one 866 Seven four zero four seven four zero. Okay, and also if you uh, if you'd like to reach out to Charlie via uh, email, and she gets to those during the week. Her email is c dot dobbin at mzmedia.com. Okay, so we uh, we do have a call around the line. We're going to get to, but we first have to take a quick break. We will be right back on the Garden Show. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Indeed, it is The Garden Show on Zoomer Radio. Those numbers again, 416-360-0740 or anywhere toll-free in the province of Ontario, 1-866-740-4740. Charlie, I think we better give the uh, the listeners a heads up that next week, the well, the show is going to the birds. <laughs> Oh, aren't you, Mr. Pun Master? <laughs> <laughs> so a special guest will be joining us next week. Of course, you and I will still be in our home studios. Mm-hmm. Uh, our third person who will be part of the show next week, just for the 20 minutes between 9.20 and 9.40, is uh, a favorite guest from the past. His name is Paul Oliver. He is the principal behind the store, the Urban Nature Store, and he knows an awful lot about birds and feeding birds and supporting birds and making sure that they have all the right accoutrement for healthy, happy birds. And I know for some of you in this kind of weather, this is top of mind. We're seeing lots of birds out there. I know I am. And boy, are they flocking to my feeders like a bunch of hungry birds. So <laughs> I'm filling them almost daily, which is great, great for my birds. So we've got to be thinking about the birds when it's this cold. And Paul's going to help us give us some tips next week. 
Okay, I'm looking forward to it already. Listen, I better get to these lines because they are lighting up. I uh, We're going to Pickering right now. We've got uh, Bill. Good morning, Bill. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Um, Good. What do you got I there for Charlie? A, uh, uh, <clears throat> I have been propagating geraniums for a long time, taking cuttings. And uh, right now I have about, oh, I guess 20 mother plants who are blooming. Not blooming, but they're green and happy and under lights. I've got uh, a light rack that I got from White Rose back in the days when you yeah. were there. Um, anyways, I want to know um, how I can get them to look like the ones you buy at the nursery. They, I, we put them out, they're fine, but they're always smaller, and they're usually not in bloom. And I'm, I'm wondering, can I do that, or should I just keep do, taking cuttings, which I usually start about the end of January or early February? So that's, that's the question. Well, remember when we buy geraniums in the spring at the garden center, um, Bill, they're in four-inch pots usually, and there's mm-hmm. two kinds. The ones that have flowers on them are from cuttings, which is what you are doing. So they are taken from mother plants, just like you're doing starting in January, and they're blooming, and they're usually very, very thick stems, and they're very dense and compact. And we buy those in May. And the other geraniums we see for sale don't usually have blooms. They're smaller, and they're from seed. So cutting geraniums from cuttings, which would be equivalent to what you're doing, is um, so for yours to look like the ones that we see for sale in May, light, well, you mentioned you've got lights, which is great. I assume, are you using grow lights in your fixture? Yes, I am. Yes, right now they're on about uh, five hours a night. Okay, so you are going to extend the, your light lighting. You're going to get it up to about 16 hours of light every 24. Wow. And that will encourage flower formation if you're trying to get flowers before you go outside. In the greenhouse, in the commercial growing greenhouses, they fertilize every time they water. Ah. But it's a very weak solution of fertilizer. It's not full strength. And so it's called fertigation. So it's irrigation with fertilizer. It's called fertigation. So there's consistent fertilizer. Now, a geranium uh, crop would be similar to what we were talking about with the hibiscus, right? It's going to be like a 15-30-15 or a, something along the lines of a, a flowering plant. Uh, it could be a you know a miracle grow type fertilizer, but very weak strength. Uh, consistently watered with and lots of light and and again geraniums like to dry down between waterings so you don't keep them moist all the time think of geraniums in greece right on the hillsides of greece in pots and hot 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 situations that's what they want they want heat bright and good they're very drought tolerant so you want to let them you know pretty much dry completely out and then water thoroughly okay um should I cut my, uh, uh, sorry, take the, start taking the cuttings now then? Sure, you could. Okay, that's, I know, and you're uh, going into uh, potting soil. Um, yeah, do you, you, little stem root, are you using some rooting hormone? Yes, I am. Okay, and you can go into water and get roots with geraniums, or you can go straight into moist potting soil that's the thing with no roots of course you have to keep your your liquid levels much higher and your humidity much higher as soon as you've got roots so of course you can drop off on the watering okay thanks very thanks much. a lot bill nice, nice to talk to you bye-bye yeah you thanks have a great day yeah bill bye. sounds like another one of those uh gardeners that has a lot of experience
You would be amazed how much mm. experience is out there, Dean. There yeah. are so many people that, you know, and I think it's certainly the pandemic has made just about everybody a gardener, but there's just been a real interest in gardening um, as people age. Usually we, we start falling in love with getting outside in our gardens. We have more time as we're a little older, the kids are growing up and whatever. We're not maybe working as hard or as long. So we're out in the gardens more. We're appreciating nature, birds, butterflies, all of that. So, uh, yeah, I think that um, there's a lot of people out there with an awful lot of experience, and we get a lot of them on the show. It's amazing. It's great. Yeah. Okay, got to take a, another, our last break, but then we do have some callers to get to. We will be right back on The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Hey, we are back for the Garden Show, our last little uh, little bit uh, before uh, before we get to the end of the show. And I've got a gentleman on the line who I understand is quite the tomato guy, Warner from Tilsonburg. How are you, Warner? I'm fine. How about you? I'm great. I'm great. Warner, okay. Morning, Warner. And Charlie, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. Uh, nice to hear your voice. Have you... I wonder what happened. It's, how's Frank doing? Frank's doing pretty good, actually. Oh, Enjoying good. retirement, good. I'll tell you. Good. <laughs> the, the reason I called about mulch, mm-hmm. I never used mulch in the vegetable garden. Mm-hmm. Is there different kinds? Coarser, larger, smaller? Okay, good question. Um, to mulch around the plants can be many different things. Um, Certainly, I would use an organic mulch, though the commercial growers use a plastic mulch because plastic mulch heats up the soil faster in the spring and the tomatoes will grow faster as a result of the warm soil. Um, But they also consistently irrigate beneath the plastic mulch. For the home gardener, I'm a I'm a pretty big fan of pine crushed up pine mulch. I'm not a fan of cedar. Cedar naturally the bark has a lot of oils in this in the bark. And once yeah. cedar mulch dries out, it does it's what we call hydrophobic. It's afraid of the water and it's very hard to get the water through the mulch when it's a cedar mulch. But pine I find does saturate quite nicely and helps of course keep the weeds down, keep the moisture in, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Answered my question. How about throwing a couple of bags of bullshit with that? <laughs> For sure. Do that first before that, you put, that it, put down the mulch. <laughs> Thanks, Warner. Okay. And don't forget Thank your milk you. powder. <laughs> Warner. Okay, we're going to go directly to uh, to the city of Guelph, just north right. of Hamilton, my hometown. And we got Beth on the line. How are you, Beth? Very good. And yourselves? I am well. I am good. well. What do you got for Charlie this morning there, Beth? I just have a quick question. Uh, I have an orchid, and it's a, in about a four-inch pot, and it doesn't have any holes on in the bottom of the pot. Should I be drilling holes in the bottom? Definitely. Are you sure it's not a pot inside a pot? Absolutely sure. Oh, yeah. No, get it out of that pot. Get it into a pot with drainage holes. Orchids... <clears throat> 
again, small root systems typically, lots and lots of air circulation around their roots. They do an awful lot of, you know, and the roots will grow up out of the pot for just that purpose because they're, they actually, you know, get oxygen from the air, etc. So they are uh, very busy plants with their roots. I like, you can get proper ore pots. They not only have holes in the bottom, but they have holes in the sides. Oh, okay. Uh, again, allowing that air circulation. Uh, or even just a good old terracotta pot. Terracotta allows mm-hmm. that air exchange through the walls of the pot, plus has usually a very big drainage hole at the bottom. Wonderful. Well, thank you right. so much. Okay. Yeah, that's calling. I'm shocked that, that an orchid would be in a pot without any drainage. Hard yeah, to keep a crazy. plant alive with no drainage. I would imagine. Uh, I have to say, uh, this this week's show has reminded me about uh, my dad, a bit who passed away about uh, five, six years ago now. He uh, spent the last 20 years of his life down in uh, Florida. He lived down there. And uh, he had an orchid hut out in the back. Uh-huh. That was one of his passions. He loved his orchids there and um and he was also a birder he took he took part in is it like a a a national bird sighting every year where you record what you see he always did that the great backyard bird count really good point about that yeah he used to do that every year and he uh, when he passed Mm away uh we inherited uh, i have a couple of really neat bird books here at the house and uh and a couple of pairs of binoculars that he uh that he uh used for uh for that purpose as well Okay, so that's a really good point. Thanks for mentioning that. The Great Backyard Bird Count, it is brought to us by the Audubon Society, um, the Cornell Bird Ornithology Lab, and it's international, so it's all over the world. Everybody counts birds over a weekend, and the weekend this year is, I believe, I'm just lost it here, cookies everywhere, Uh, watch birds for four days, so February 18th to 21st. Okay, so it's coming up. Coming up in a couple of weeks, it is so cool. What you know how it works? You, you, you decide you want to participate. You register online, yeah. or back in the old days, you could just do it on a piece of paper and mail it to them. And then you just set a timer for fifteen minutes, and you don't even have to go outside. You can sit in the window fifteen minutes. Whatever birds come into your view, you yeah. count them. You identify, are they chickadees, are they, you know, finches, and you count them. And once in that 15 minutes, now you have that 15-minute block, put away your piece of paper and start again, or go outside and go to the ravine, go to the park, or just do it once. But you can do it every single day, you can do it every 15 minutes you want, and you keep sending in your information. And when you watch on the website, all the information is coming in, and it's, it's such a... A dynamic event because it's citizen science at its best. Well, I think I'm going to do that. You know, my dad's birthday would have been February the 7th, and mm. we were just talking about it the other day. He would have been in his early 80s, and I, so I think I'm, I'm going to indeed do that. And I want, I want to give out another little quick shout-out to my, uh, my dad-in-law, who, uh, who uh, I, he's given me my activity for the day. And, <laughs> well, he gave me for Christmas this little gift. He gave me a little, like an indoor herb garden. You know, it's in a little one of those dome things, and, mm. and I've, I've hydrated the soil, but today I think I'm going to plant my sage, basil, oregano, parsley, and cilantro that's on my list to do today oh wow so be careful with the cilantro it grows very fast and goes to seed or to flower very fast and once it starts flowering you don't get any more leaves you just get more flowers okay well so keep breaking off the flowers when you see them so i can keep cutting it off and it's just going to keep growing yeah i'm not going to hurt it 
Well, yeah, because you want cilantro usually for the leaves. Yeah, yeah, just right. nip the flowers off. Well, we will get there. Wait, get the seeds growing first. For sure. Yeah, I'll get the seeds growing first. I we are a cilantro loving family, so yes. I know there's a. Some people hate it. Some people love it. Love, we love it. it. Love it. Yeah. What do you got planned for the week? Uh, so a little cross country skiing. I think I got enough snow here. And yeah. Um, Apparently, yeah, you have so, to keep topping up your bird feeders, too. <laughs> not to mention that's keeping me busy. So, yeah, speaking of birds, that that great backyard bird count, go to what the website is birdcount.org. So very, very cool event. We'll talk about that, I think, next week when Paul Oliver joins us from the Urban Nature Store. We're going to talk a lot about birds next week. What have you got going on in two seconds or less? Uh, two seconds or less. I uh, Again, I got my planting, and I'm sure that my wife, who brought down a cup of coffee for me earlier, has a to-do list for me today. <laughs> Have a great week, Dean. Thanks so much. Thanks, Carlos. Thanks to the great callers. See you again. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.